This is a legacy game because you can only play this game twice. There's two ways to win what? this game. That's it. What? Yes. It's a solo <laughs> game where you can only We're going to play it, it as a co-op, though. Four of us. Okay. Eight by eight, right? Oh, wait, once one, you two, solve three, it four, once, five, six, seven, eight. Twice you can do it. There are two, two correct ways. answers to this puzzle. Oh, my. So should me and Ed wait in the other room while you guys <laughs> figure this out? So far, I'm winning. I've been... <laughs> How is this even a game? Welcome to Which Game First, where we explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we find any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, we claw, peck, and scratch our way to match sets in Chicken Challengers. Next up, we see what the universe has in store as we build our galaxies from a pick bag in New Frontiers. And lastly, we Tetris our way through a retro brain burner of a puzzle in Angle Mania. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis, here with my decades-long gaming buddies, Evan Bernstein. Hello, everyone. Ed Povolitis. Yay, let's game. And Mike Grenier. <laughs> That'll make sense in a moment. Yeah, it will, it will. Our first game up this week is Chicken Challengers, designed by Dwight Ong. Number of players, 2 to 8, ages 13 and up. Playtime, 15 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us, what's in this chicken coop? On the cover of the box, three chickens, a spy, a wizard, and a politician that is certainly not a crook, strike a pose all seemingly very confident about their inevitable victory. It's a beautiful sight. Some might even say, poultry in motion. Whoa! Inside the box... <laughs> Nailed it. I see what they did there. <laughs> Inside the box, they decided to keep it nice and simple with 114 cards. And that's what's in the box. I'm going to apologize in advance for this, guys. But uh, before we tell you if this game lays an egg, <laughs> Evan, squawk us out some rules. Oh, the puns. <laughs> chicken Challengers is a strategic turn-based card game that deals with chickens and their constant shenanigans. I didn't know chickens performed shenanigans. All the time. But apparently they do. Over 70 unique chickens to collect use their special abilities to help you gain even more chickens because that's what this game is all about, collecting the chickens. <laughs> it's a card game. There are five different types of cards. Normal cards, special cards, challenge cards, action cards, and counter cards. With a normal card, draw a card from another player's hand. With a special card, draw a card from the discard pile. With the challenge card, you can challenge another player to a duel. The action card, well, you do whatever the action card says. And the counter card stops the action of the last card played. Now, everyone starts with three cards in their hand. Then it's draw one or play one. Not both. It's or. Remember that. Or, <laughs> not hand. Or. Okay? Draw one or play one. And the game goes round and round. First person to collect eight chickens in their hand wins... And their hand automatically becomes finger-licking good. <laughs> See what I did there? Tasty. I'll say this is a one-tasty game. <laughs> <laughs> Fry me in deep oil and serve me up with biscuits. 
And Mike, I had no idea that was a politician on the cover, but it's absolutely a politician Doesn't on the look cover like now it? that you've pointed it out. <laughs> I just thought it was a happy chicken waving its arms around. Yeah, I, I had to dig deep into these characters, you know, and I'm like, you who totally who? did. You nailed it. And I wouldn't have got, guessed that guy was a spy. I mean, mm-hmm. he could have been, I don't know, a gangster well, from the 30s. <laughs> he reminded me of Spy yeah. versus Spy, where they had the white spy and the and the spy right. like all in white, and then the spy all in black. Yes. Yeah. And the politician is because he's got. You know, he's doing the Nixon peace mm-hmm, signs right, on board. Right, yep. yep. <laughs> I didn't notice it. I just thought it was feathers. <laughs> You're totally right. <laughs> Clever. So, yeah, the art, including the cover of the box, is adorable. Love it's the art. Very yes. cute and very funny and even a little punny. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And props to the card design overall. The colors mm-hmm. are very stark, good separation, um, and the symbology is tight. I even like the box that it came in. <laughs> yeah, the box with the premium quality. Like it's a nice little fold up with little magnetic bits in it near to keep the box closed. It's like, yeah, that's a nice touch for such a game. I know. Very nice. Very impressive uh, production value for a self-published game. Good on you, Dwight Ong. Mm-hmm. Well done. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to settle for just like, a tuck box. No, he didn't want to settle for a tuck box. He wanted something nice for his chicken friends. Although he could have used the tuck box and it would have been a fryer tuck oh, box. Oh, <laughs> fryer. Fried chicken. Wow. No. Fryer. Jipes. Oh, wow. Going the extra that mile. That was good. It's going yeah. far afield. That one. Far, so far afield, it's foul. <laughs> oh. Hey. Oh. Oh. All right. We're going to run out of time if we continue down this road. Ed, Ed, what kind of a game is it? Well, I mean, you're trying to collect the hand of eight chicken. Meanwhile, you got the battle going on with those challenge cards or a little bit of take that with this little little special card to get out there and do weird stuff to you mm-hmm. they have challenges and then they have super challenges right the super yes. challenge card yeah, yeah the, the challenge card one-on-one any you versus any one other player the super challenge everybody plays mm-hmm. all right everyone participate in the challenge <gasps> yay! yay alarm clock Alarm clock. What is that? Nine, Four. baby. Yes. I didn't know nine existed. That's I wasn't going to so tell you. Good. <laughs> I think it's basically a, a hand of war at that point. You know, mm-hmm. Cho- mm-hmm. choose a card with a number. Highest number takes the chickens. <laughs> um, but And then there are ties, and then you throw another card down, and that's what kind of makes that part fun. I think at one point we had some ties. Did you have three or four cards down at one point, People Mike? saw that I was accumulating quite a hand, so uh, we, we went to like a four-stage battle. And uh, like, <laughs> yeah, like Evan said, it is like war. Like you're throwing high cards and trying to be the highest card in each run. It's not random off the top. It's from your hand. Um, but that kind of like brings me to a point I wanted to make is that your opening hand kind of determines like who's the top chicken to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. like you have if mm-hmm. you have a bunch of higher cards than people, you just keep winning these fights because you're choosing which cards to throw down. Um, right. But on the down, but on the flip side, people see you throwing a lot of high cards out of your hand. Uh, they're going to try to steal cards out of your hand. Yeah, I never really had a lot of chance to really challenge people because I always felt like Chicken Little with the cards in my hand. Like, hey, just a little chicken it can win those challenges. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you never had big enough cards, Ed? No, it's kind of like ball cards. Like, they were like twos and threes. Mm-hmm. Like, when I saw you guys fighting it out with eights, I was like, no, I don't have anything to go get that. Right. Mm. Yep. Yeah, but that's kind of a stealthy path to victory. I mean, the point is just getting eight cards doesn't matter what value they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But yeah, right. You got to hold on to the eight cards, though. So people will pick that's on right. the low man. They'll leave alone the person who has the high cards in their hand. They will, but that's when those counter cards come in handy. Start mm-hmm. people start countering all these cool effects and things. Counter, sorry, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't take. But then you can counter the counter, mm-hmm. knock the counter, counter out. Wars. But then you can counter the counter to the counter. Yep. <laughs> Shades of Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, counterspell, exactly. counterspell, counterspell. Yeah, I mean, my normal strategy is to kind of fly under the radar. You know, try to not present too much of a threat and kind of just accumulate power and this game played right into that for me you know i just every turn i'm like instead of playing a card i'm just gonna draw a card and draw and because i drew so many cards it protected my good high cards from people plucking them out of my hand Uh, (laughs) (laughs) well done thank you thank you i think this this game was very well balanced in its special abilities that each of the cards had it, it didn't overdo, most of the cards could only affect one other card. It wasn't like dump your whole hand or, you know, make the other, switch hands and stuff like that. I don't, it was pretty well balanced, I thought. Yes, and certainly I felt there was enough randomness to it and, and a bit swingy in that you could, even if you had a, a weak hand, you pick up that one card, which may be able to do a lot of great stuff, change your hand with someone else or something like that, you know, and, and really just entirely turn the turn the tables with the playing of one card. So you do get you have to be able to deal with that kind of swinginess to this game. Yeah, man, that's the fun part. Mm. I think so. It's swingy and it's but it's not a super long game. So exactly you know. right. You can put up with it because the playtime is 15 minutes, yeah, right. which should be, you know, a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And it was about yeah. what we played it for, like 20 maybe. That wasn't too bad for us. Yeah, I mean, two to eight players. Mm-hmm. So I, the less players, the shorter the game will yeah. be. Yeah, with eight, it might take a little while, because, but maybe not. If somebody just gets left alone for a while, they can get the cards they need to win without too much extra time happening. Okay, explorers, it's time to... Dig up or bury Chicken Challengers. Evan? Chicken Challengers is a fun party game, and I've been harsh on some of these card party games at times, but this one was fun. Despite the randomness, the game gets people laughing, and that's good enough for me. Dig it up. Mike? You know, at first, I had written down that I was going to bury it, but I've changed my mind because it had Ooh. yeah, it had some okay player interaction, counterspells were exciting, it was mercifully short, uh, and we all had a good laugh, so I think I'm going to dig it up and give it another go. All right, Ed? I agree. The art is funny, and the humor is punny, and the gameplay is a mix of battle and take that. And overall, it's not a bad game. Unfortunately, it's not. I'm not really the target audience for this game, <laughs> so I'm going to have to pluck this chicken and bury the bones. Oh, <laughs> brutal. Wow. Ed, brutal. I was going to go with a pluck pun, too. I'm keeping it. Forget <laughs> you, Ed. Oh, right. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> I got more, though, so I'm not worried about it. This delightfully plucky game really brings out the inner comedians in everyone. And that makes it an exceptional game. I'm digging it up. All right. So are you going to pluck up this game or send it to the hen house? Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Which Game First. Hey, everybody, quick reminder that you can become a patron any time of the show. It's only $3 a month, and you get, when you're a patron, exclusive access to a patron-only secret podcast that we do called Bonus Bonus Points. Points. Shh, it's a secret. 
Yes. And if you want our extra spooky episodes coming out now, (laughs) you can just go to our website and click on Become a Patron today. Thank you to all our patrons. You keep the lights on. You keep our microphones working. We keep our socks clean. (laughs) Our vests tidy. Our Our hats polished. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Thank you, patrons. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much. Our next game up this week is New Frontiers, designed by Tom Lehman, published by Rio Grande Games in 2018, number players 2 to 5, ages 14 and up, playtime 45 to 75 minutes. Okay, Mikey, tell us, what's in the box? The cover of the box shows an alien and several humans traversing the vastness of space. There's something on their communications dashboard that's evoking what looks like a cross between surprise and wonder in their faces. But what it is, we may never know. Inside the box, we find 8 Empire mats, 60 Goods Cubes, 60 Colonists, 60 World Tiles, 2 Development mats, 56 Development Tiles, 7 Action Tiles, a Setup Tile, a Summary Tile, 40 Victory Point Chips, 56 Credit Chips, a Priority Tracker, 10 Player Discs, and a Pick Bago! Bago! And that's what's in the box. Well, before we tell you if this space is worth the voyage, Evan, why don't you race through some rules for us? New Frontiers is a standalone game in the Race for the Galaxy, Roll for the Galaxy family. Players build galactic empires by selecting, in turn, an action that everyone may do, with only the selecting player gaining that action's bonus Bonus. bonus points. The idea is to gain new worlds, settle or conquer these worlds, and then make use of those planets for their resources. This all will translate into various victory points. In a round, each player takes one of seven actions, and all players get to take that action, but as I said, the player who chose the action gets the bonus. Along the way, players will purchase developments, all of which help the players build their engines to enhance their production yield and ultimately, more victory points. Then there are the worlds. Worlds themselves have special powers. Use your settlers to settle the worlds and unlock those riches. Some worlds are windfall worlds, and they receive a good, or goods, upon being settled. Others are production worlds, and receive goods when the produce action is settled. Goods can be traded for credits, money, or consumed for, yeah, you guessed it, victory points. Boom, 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 victory point. Yeah, more victory points. <laughs> Play continues until one or more of four game-ending conditions are reached. After all actions for that round have been done, the player with the most victory points from settled worlds, developments, development bonuses, and VP chips earned from consuming goods becomes the ultimate explorer of new frontiers. New frontiers! Welcome to the new frontier. <laughs> okay, so you guys played this without me. <laughs> oh, sorry, Celeste. Yeah, on we board did. game arena. So mm-hmm. without me, who for some bizarre reason is the person that always has the longest thinking time on board game arena. I don't get it, <laughs> but apparently it's me. Mm. Uh, without me, how'd you guys do for time on the play? One hour. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
right. Yeah, not wow. too bad. Got it done in one hour, 60 minutes. He came in smack time. in the middle of the playtime. So what does that tell you? Tell- <laughs> uh, <laughs> was it somewhat attributable to the rules locking on Board Game Arena? The setup mostly, uh, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the setup and them, them moving all the components and pieces for us <laughs> absolutely yep. saves time. All the fiddliness was gone. The setup was there. And the rules lock was there for us, too. Which all Is three the of scoring three. also complicated? Uh, can be if there's some tiles that give you bonuses depending on your other tiles that you have. Um, mm-hmm. So them scoring Synergies. that for us, yeah, all the synergy type bonuses were scored for us. So that was really helpful. And Thank each you. person gets their own player board. I, I like that when everybody gets their own dashboard. Mm-hmm. What would you think of them, Evan? Very, very nice. I like how they were laid out. I like the little carve outs for placing the worlds in those specific slots very very yeah, nice cool. i always like seeing that feature yeah it was cool and and each of us got to play a unique faction with a unique special starting ability mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like whatever your starting planet is gives you bonuses so like certain ones start with some resources other ones have more military capabilities etc and it kind of mm-hmm. shapes what you do during the game a little bit it kind of gives you a starting point with which to rally around to get your strategy going. Right, right. So what are the main mechanics in this game? I mean, the, the main mechanic are like what they call either role selection or action selection. And you're, you're trying to build up an engine. You just start off with the one world that has that one power on it. And then everything you get, whether it's the development or another world, gives you more bonus abilities. Yeah, and getting the worlds is how you kind of get your resources to buy other stuff. And the developments are kind of like give you discounts on things or they can give you synergy bonuses at the end of the game. With the worker placement element, are you guys constantly bumping into each other? Well, it's not really that much of a worker placement element in the game. Okay. They're called settlers and that they you use them to activate the planet. First, you discover the planet. Okay, but you can't make use of it until you send your settlers down. Sometimes it takes one settler. Sometimes it takes two settlers. I didn't know if it took more than two at any one planet. And then you can start unlocking the the stuff that the uh, that the planet will do for you. So this is part of the Race for the Galaxy board game series. Mike, Mm -hmm. is there an original version of this game? Yeah, the uh, Race for the Galaxy is the original one. It's card based. And uh, it still has planets and, and a lot of the same stuff. We've but, played that, right? Yeah, we played that. I, I don't know if we played it for the show, though. I can't we played Roll for the we Galaxy. We played Roll for the Galaxy for the show. Definitely. Which is, you know, right in between the two, I think. But uh, the original is yeah. Race for the Galaxy, and it's card-based. And uh, it still has planets. It still has the same, like, developments and stuff like that, action selection. But there are some things that are just slightly different enough where it made me kind of overconfident in a strategy that I wanted to try because, mm-hmm. you know, it just, there's enough differences in there where the old strategies won't quite work the same way. What's fun is that um, a lot of the cards and the planets are actually the same name as in that original game. Yeah. So you'll see it's like, oh, the the replicant, yeah, they're going to help me settle world just like the other game. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you kind of, if you played the old one, you have an idea of what some of the different cards will do and the currency icons are identical so you see the same like the developments have the same icon the, the subtle has the same icon militaries and and the way good work is much the same way as in race for the galaxy or roll for the galaxy mm-hmm. okay so everybody had unique factions to start with 
Yeah, I mean, the starting planet is really what we're kind of referring to as your faction. Because there's no, like, the special abilities you get are from your starting planet. Right. I know Evan was not that happy with his. What was going on? Oh, he was fine. It's the it's the conquerors. Mm-hmm. You know, the, they use their military might to, uh, you know, gain the, uh, gain, gain, unlock things and gain what you need. But it, it, it was a bit of a drag on my monetary situation because I really couldn't get that part of my engine going so well. And I always found myself uh, poor <laughs> and, and couldn't right. well, really just didn't have enough money. You don't really need a lot of money. You just take your, your military might and conquer world without their um, opinion. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. You still need a little when bit of... When other players don't go taking those worlds or, or resources or um, uh, development. I don't know out, what you're talking about, me. Evan. yeah i I grabbed one uh one that would have been really perfect for evan and uh yes it didn't really help me that much but i knew that i couldn't get it into his hands so i grabbed it yeah you can Mm -hmm. block other players how's the ability to strategize mike well it's a little tough because you start off with a strategy in mind especially with me being having played the other game before uh but sometimes the tiles that you need just don't show up or show up at the wrong time when you can't get your hands on them uh, so having a plan B is important, I guess, but also this game isn't really easy to have a, a flexible plan. Right. In. <laughs> Ed, there were some additions in this game that weren't there for Race for the Galaxy, right? Uh, yes. I mean, the components are really different because of the, um, it's all board game components. Everything tiled now. You got the, the, the planets or discs, which I thought was fun. And they got these uh, angle shaped the tiles for the development and the new thing is we already kind of discussed with the settlers so you have to get colonists onto your planet it's kind of a new resource before you just kind of like ah, i paid the money and the planet is mine mm-hmm. and now in order to get that planet you have to first explore it with you draw from bago yeah. and get a whole bunch bago. of planets to explore that's right uh, for me, I, I saw this new mechanic. I'm like, oh man, it's something I have to deal with. I have to get settlers. So the first thing I bought was a development that helped me to generate lots of settlers. Well, that was all fine. I had like 11 extra settlers at the end of the game, but I had no money to afford to send them to the planets to to conquer them. <laughs> and the settlers are one of the timers that ends the game. So I, I accumulated all these settlers and I didn't have any time to place them because I killed the clock with them. 13 colonists. It's my fault the game ended so fast. I have 13 colonists. <laughs> yep. Look at yeah. those people. You chose... The, the... Well, the first thing I got was getting colonists every time somebody explored. Ed knows, though, if we play the regular card game, it's always a, a battle to the to the death. You're afraid to play, Mike. Oh, Ed is afraid. You know what happens when we play the card game? Ed sees my engine about to build up. It's like getting to critical mass, and he just puts out the five crappiest things he can find out of his hand onto the board to end it as fast yeah. as possible. Like, yeah, he just once, plays like, junk. Okay, need to end now. <laughs> And I think that's why the playing time varies on this because there are these these multiple uh, game end conditions. And basically, if if one resource does get tapped all the way, you run out of planets or do, number of developments get taken, that's it. And at that point, that's the last round. And, and I usually find that all three of those clocks usually get close to each other, but one of them brings us over the edge first. Like either we settled so many worlds that we filled up our board right away, or we took. Just a 
good engine getting victory point that we dwindle that supply of victory point ship down. Mm -hmm. uh, depends on what everybody's doing. And sometimes when everybody's hitting the same resource really hard, it'll end the game quick. And there's a video available of us playing it right now at our YouTube channel, Which Game First, the Board Game Podcast, YouTube. Click that like and subscribe button. Don't forget. It's a shameless plug. Yeah, right I love there, it. Really. It's our show. We can plug whatever very we smooth. want. <laughs> yeah. Very smooth. Um, I have to say, I really like the visuals on the board and on the player dashboards. There's yes. a lot of pictures for setting here which I like. It really brings me into these space worlds mm -hmm. and these, these different planets. Yeah, and I have to give a shout out to those ridiculously large good cubes. It's like so huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, they're awesome. <laughs> uh, one, th one more thing I just wanted to add about uh, the game clock is that that's something that's carried throughout all of the different uh, versions of this game. And it, it's what makes it really interestingly competitive because Ed loves to kill the clock on me when I'm about to explode and go crazy. He sees it coming mm -hmm. and he shuts the game down as fast as he possibly can. Rightly so. <laughs> Rightly mm -hmm. so. I can't blame him. I get it. I get it. But he does recognize what I'm up to and, and, and tries to shut it down. Because I've seen you do it too many times, man. <laughs> <laughs> know your opponents. Yep. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury New Frontiers. Evan? New Frontiers is one of those board games with lots of replayability. This game invites players to come back, try a new faction, try new strategies, and it's a really good addition to the race and roll for the Galaxy games. Dig it up. Ed? New Frontier takes a familiar game and makes it a board game. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> <laughs> While it doesn't bring much new to the genre, it is a solid board game and probably the easiest of the family to teach and play. Al mm. digs it up to settle more world for the galaxy. <laughs> Mike? I played the original Race for the Galaxy a lot. And this game threw me for a loop because of its slight differences from the original. But that just makes me want to play it even more, so I'll say dig it up. What world would you be racing for in this galaxy? Let us know. We are at with Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our last game up this week is Angle Mania, <laughs> published by Angle Mania Inc. in 1984. <laughs> Number, oh wait, there's no number of players. Designed by Pramp. Infinite number of players. Ages 12 and up. Playtime? Nope. Okay, Mikey, tell us what is in this very old, likely coffee-stained, slightly musty-smelling board game box. The cover of the box is a picture of the game tiles, which seems pretty chill for the name Anglemania, with the humble brag <laughs> of it being the ultimate puzzle, mind-boggling, and making the bold assertion that this puzzle could drive everybody crazy! <laughs> In <laughs> inside the box, you'll find 15 oddly shaped Tetris-esque plastic checkerboard tiles, and that's what's in the box. Well, uh, before we twist, turn, shimmy, and wedge our way through this review, Evan, maneuver us around some rules. Anglemania is a 15-piece puzzle, which takes 14 pieces to complete. <laughs> 
Which piece winds up not getting used? That's the puzzle, folks. Yeah, it is. <laughs> to solve it, use 14 of the 15 pieces to create a perfect checkerboard. Eight spaces by eight spaces. The winner gets a bag of Purina dog food. <laughs> what? Oh, because of the symbol. <laughs> oh, that was the, oh yeah, know, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the checkerboard the checker was board. the Purina dog. Yeah, you know, the chuckle, <laughs> right. 70s commercial. Anyone? No? I remember that. Now that you mention it. <laughs> so, um... Is it actually a game? Oh, that's the end of the rules? That's it. Oh. Yes. Put the pieces together. That's it. Oh, that's my cue. That is your cue. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good point. There aren't any rules to this game. (laughs) And boy, wouldn't it have been helpful to know ahead of time which piece was not going to be part of your final design? Yeah. That's kind of the point. It's part of the puzzle. Yes, I know. Yeah. Um, you know, that's why it can drive everybody insane. <laughs> yeah. Or bored to tears. Yeah. That's that's a form of insanity, right? Catatonia. I suppose it is. <laughs> I wasn't bored to tears. Oh. For one thing, I really enjoyed holding these pieces. I mean, you don't get pieces like this ever anymore. <laughs> so old, there might be lead in them. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it's after 1978, so it's unlikely. But <laughs> tip for everybody out there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they just felt heavy, solid, mm-hmm. plastic pieces. It's just about like any toy that you got in the 80s felt like it was made out of thick kind of plastic. Yeah, so, I mean, Ed called it a toy, and, and that begs the question, is this a game? <laughs> well, is it? I guess the question then is, is a puzzle a game? Is mm-hmm. a puzzle a board game? Right. It can be. Mm. But is this one of those examples? Oh, those can be's. Oh, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's true. Let's go around the table. Who says it's a game? Yay or nay? Mike, game? Nah. Ed? Uh, mm, technically, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Evan? Way to put your nickel down, Ed. <laughs> I have a question to answer this question. Okay. okay. Is Solitaire a game? Totally. Then this is it a is. game. So- this yeah. is a game. Agreed. Because this is solitaire as far as I'm concerned. For sure. Is it a legacy game, Evan? (laughs) Oh, now there's a really intriguing question. So from what we've read, there are two solutions to this puzzle. Mm -hmm. So I I, I would assume it means two combinations in which two different kinds of pieces are each left out of the solutions. Mm -hmm. Once you've solved (laughs) those solutions... I Give think it to your cousin. You could, yeah. I think you could make the argument that, yeah, at that point, it, it's been legacized. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, though, because you don't destroy anything in it, and it can be played by others. No. I mean, and if you tear it apart and you don't remember which piece it was that you pulled aside, you still have the puzzle of putting it together again. Listen, I had fun. Ed, Ed and I were really mulling over this for quite some time. Yes. We even went around and counted the squares and see, well, how many spaces is the extra piece? Yeah. And we got close. We had to check the rules, right, online to make sure we were doing it right. Good luck. This game isn't even listed at Board Game Geek. It's not. I went to go look at it today. When I was writing the script, and it was not there. Evan, Mm. what have you been waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) Why haven't you made a Board Game Geek page for this game? Because we haven't reviewed it yet, and we are doing it now, (laughs) and now will be the impetus to go ahead and create the Angle Mania page. And it will be rejected because this Board Game Geek is only for games. 
<laughs> That's That'll it. be the true test. Yeah. Board game geek accepted or not? I'll, there yeah, you go. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll leave it to them to decide. I'll leave it to them to decide, but I, I suspect that we'll count it as a game. Well, it's just not a good sign when the company didn't put their own description up there. Right? I mean, they might have been folded before Board Game Geek was even a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Pete's sake, everybody could have passed away by then. I mean, this game is. <laughs> The estate of the inheritance of Anglemania Incorporated, <laughs> those shares, those corporate shares, who have, they had a fiduciary responsibility to make sure a Board Game Geek page got made. Oh, I, I paid five bucks for this game, and it cost more to ship it to me than actually <laughs> Anybody <the> want it? <laughs> <laughs> Giveaways. <laughs> so Ed and I were noodling over this for quite a while, mm-hmm. and it felt good to see these little Tetris pieces take shape into what almost was the square it needed to be yeah there's like one missing space or something i think you got it down to the, to it, one square yeah, to it, one it was square. a little piece sticking out mm-hmm. and uh yeah. i think at one point you suggested breaking one of the other right. piece <laughs> and making it fit see that would be better if it was yeah, textured snap. to the point where you could break it like candy bars <laughs> i think this is a joe unfreed type of game he'll, to solve yeah he'll get it in five oh, minutes oh yeah yeah. Put them in a room with this, some fresca. It's eminently good. solvable. Yeah, it is. We, it, I, it definitely is. It's not It's not beyond. It's not bananas. Uh-huh. Yeah, it definitely is solvable. I just lost interest before I got there. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. Does boredom, what, what hits first? Boredom before- a Solution. Uh, run, does boredom right. hit before curiosity runs out? Yep. I think yes. Hmm. Well, how, hold up. We haven't dug up or <laughs> yeah, buried it yet. Yeah. I didn't say whether I was digging it up or burying it yet. You don't know. <laughs> I see your notes. <laughs> okay, explorers. <laughs> it's time to dig up or bury Angle Mania. Mike? Um, this isn't a game in my opinion. <laughs> Once you solve it the two times that it can be solved, there really isn't any reason to look at this hideous board again, so bury it. Ed? It's a puzzle. <laughs> uh, but I can't quite figure out if it's interesting or just annoying. <laughs> I was mildly entertained for a short period of time, but I don't see me coming back to it to try to solve it. So in that case, I guess I have to bury it. Evan? Anglemania is not a game I would normally have interest in, let alone buy, but it's our job at Witch Game First to play games that you've never heard of or have no desire to try. Where am I going with this? Sorry. I don't think I would have bought it back in 1984 at whatever was its full market price (laughs) then, but, you know, picking it up for what, Evan? $5 $5 plus shipping. On Etsy. It was worth yep. it. This is a solid little vintage abstract puzzle. Oh. I would spend more time with it, so I'm digging it up. Whoa. Wow. Hey. I'm proud of this, All, right. All right. So it's a puzzle, a game, or is it not? Let us know on the Facebook, the Twitter, or the Instagram. We are at Wish Game First. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing from you on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Come and reach out to us. And especially for our patrons on Discord, we are there every day. Come and chat with us. We love to hear from our patrons. Mm -hmm. If you get a chance anywhere on the internets, 
please leave us a like, a rating, or a review. We would not only love to read it, it also helps others find the show. Happy gaming, explorers! Angle me this, angle me that. It's Puerto Rico in Spain! <laughs> Zach, Zach, he's an angle maniac.